Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. front of the cameras, we all hate each other. Behind the scenes, it's a business. Everything, we're going into a revolution. We're in a revolution. Now the question is, who's going to win? We'll let them do. They know just how much latitude their department gives them on abusing citizens. They do it because they know they can. They do it because they know, they know they will get away with it. That's right. Time to wake up. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Guerrilla Activism Radio, the truth of the news and the news of the truth. Guerrilla Activism Radio is an affiliate of truth-media.info. I'd like to welcome you all to our latest edition of Guerrilla Activism Radio. Uh, my name is Miguel, and today I have an uh, extra special guest, my good buddy from uh, Connecticut, Steve. How's it going, my friend? Good, man. How you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. We just recently saw each other at the uh, March on Monsanto, and uh, was it, it, start, it began at Union Square yep. and uh, went on down to Washington Square Park, um, there were a lot more people at that event than I thought there was going to be. Yeah, definitely. Somebody said there's like 2,500. There was a lot of people there. And that's that's big for a, a, a protest um, that kind of came. I mean, I, I'm not. I don't know um, how how closely you've been paying attention to the to the uh, you know the happenings with the march on Monsanto going on across the planet, but um, it seemed like it, it, it had came into fruition in about two months, like two to three months or something like that. In my eyes, I'm not sure exactly how it was organized or who organized it, but um, it was great to see that many, that many people out in the streets, and I got to see a lot of people I haven't seen in a long time. Um, and, of course, we have the friendly, the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man running around Washington Square Park handing out um, Know Your Rights cards, which was, which was pretty funny. Yeah, it was. I like that. I mean, you know, you gotta switch. You gotta switch it up every once in a while, you know. 
you gonna reveal who Spider Man is? Uh, yeah, uh, you know, it's a, yeah, I guess. Well, well, it, the the video that you guys took, um, I think he had already revealed his true self, <laughs> or Jeff, Jeff, uh, you know, your, your partner in crime. I I think he uh, let the cat out of the bag and told everyone who it was anyway. So you know, it was our, it was a good friend from uh, We Are Changed New York City and um, Cop Watch, amongst many many other organizations, Pe- Peaceful Streets, uh, NYC, Danny Panzella. And uh, you know I, that that was that was interesting to see. It ended up being a pretty shitty day towards the end, though. It started raining, and but you know people were still out there showing love and uh, spreading good info about M- Monsanto and then you know the GMO uh, predicament that America is in. Um, you guys got a really good interview with the uh, Occupy Evolve member uh, Samumba. Um, what, when are you guys going to release that footage? By the way, you guys are in editing right now. Yeah, I'm 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 just busy, dude. Like I work 45 hours a week, and you know I try to do like all I can when I can. And right now, um, videos just take a while, man, because you got to watch all the footage you took. You got to find out, you know, which is what you want to use, and then you got to you know piece it together with some context and you know cohesively, you know, so it makes sense. Right. Just, just gonna take it, man. It'll be out. We'll, we're gonna release it. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> you know, we we got a backlog of uh, videos. You know, right now we took a couple. We took like two weeks off because like the last five months we've been just busting our butts. You know, and we figure there wasn't much going on that two weeks, so we decided to you know give ourselves a little rest. So we're well rested up for the next couple months because there's a lot of events coming up too. Right. There's a lot of. Um... Are you going to be going to the – well, I heard that the rally of uh, the the gun rally or the Second Amendment rally that Kokesh, Adam Kokesh was organizing in D.C. has been canceled. Did you hear that? Yeah, he said um, – he turned it into something else to where um, he wants everybody in all 50 states to go up to the Capitol and declare their um, sovereignty from uh, the federal government. The, the capital of their own states, right? Uh, yeah, their own states. So um, – I don't know how that's going to go down because it's on the 4th of July and, you know, nobody's really going to be there. So maybe it's just for show because I don't know if there's anybody going to be there to actually talk to someone, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm thinking of uh, skipping skipping that D.C. one on the 4th and going down there for the, the smoke down with uh, President Chum. <laughs> oh, I heard, yeah, I heard about that. I heard about that. Yeah, that's what? coming up on the 8th. Um, you know, um, not this weekend, next weekend, and they're going to be uh, smoking weed uh, on the, was the north side of the White House, they said. <laughs> that sounds like good fun to me, man. I, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, you'll probably see me out there anyway. Uh, we, <laughs> seem to ru- we seem to run into each other a whole, bu- a whole bunch of, you know, a whole lot these days. Um, if you go down, you could probably come down with us, man, you know. Wait, what is closer to you? Is it, is, because is, uh, I would think uh, you guys are... North from Jersey or south from Jersey? Or kind of like northeast, east, kind of. Oh, okay. Um, you guys are driving down? Because, uh, yeah. Uh, we, I just uh, mentioned this to Jeff today, so I you know, kind of threw it you know, as an option to go down. It's either that or most death is going to be in Brooklyn the same day. Oh, yeah, I remember you told me so, about that. Yeah, I've been I've been dying to see him in concert. Plus, I'd like to interview him, and you know, if there's, if there's a choice, these some events are held on the same day, so you gotta pick and choose which one you want to do. You know? 
Right, right. Now, I remember um, those infamous most death clips from the Bill Maher show where he's talking about 9-11 truth. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's there with Cornell West, and, you know, Cornell West is doing his best to try to, uh, um, you know, calm most death down, but once he got started... Yeah, he just took over the show, and um, you know a lot of it was joking. Uh, you know, was was said in jest, but in actuality, he was saying a lot of truth at the same time. Yeah, and um, you know, very quick. You know, speaking of, uh, you know, we just finished talking about Adam Kokesh, um, smoking and uh, comedy. Um, this is a good segue into our guest that we're going to be having on the show today. Oh, and by the way, Eric, um, my usual uh, host, is actually um, working in New York right now. He's uh, working on a film. He, he's, not, he wouldn't be, he's not able to make it. Um, he wasn't able to make it to, uh, you know, be on the show with us today, unfortunately. But he might actually call in sometime during the show. So, um, you know, he, he, might, he might drop in, maybe ask a couple of questions, just say hi, let, let everyone know what, what he's currently doing and where he's at. Um, but again, let me let me get back to our, our guest that we're going to have on the show today. Um, for those of you who are, um, you know, keep your your ear to the ground as far as activism um, that's been going on in the past couple of weeks, you you're probably familiar with the Philadelphia smoke prohibition event that happened. Yeah, the smoke down. Yeah. That that happened recently. Um, Adam Kokesh and the comedian slash activist N.A. Poe were both arrested. N.A. Poe was actually uh, assaulted and had some injuries. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, there. I, I put some. I put a link on the article of our site. So if anyone out there in Radioland hasn't seen the footage, go ahead and check that out. Uh, we're going to be having N.A. Poe on the show in a couple of minutes uh, to discuss. You know, I you know I, I want to break down exactly you know what, what his beliefs are, where where he comes from, and exactly what happened at the event. Now, with that being said, I just want to mention something about a video that started circulating. I think like two or three hours after Kokesh and Poe were arrested, um, there was and this this was like two two days before the Philly event. I was on NJ.com. You know, I'm, I'm over here in Jersey, excuse me, New Jersey. I saw a video of the libertarian, the New Jersey libertarian candidate in Hamilton Park in downtown Jersey City, which is actually really close to where I live, smoking a joint. And I was like, wow, I didn't even know there was a, you know, I guess I'm out of the loop with what's going on in certain parts of Jersey because I think he's from some other part of Jersey. And uh, whatever, he's the, you know, libertarian candidate, um, apparently. So he's there smoking a joint in, in the Hamil, you know, Hamilton Park uh, nearby my house. And I was like, oh, shit, like, wow, this is something I probably should have known about. But, you know, my dumb ass probably wasn't paying attention at the time. And I didn't get to, to, uh, to meet the guy because I would have I loved to be there to film and take pictures and interview this man. But unfortunately, I didn't get a chance to. Um, so, you know, fast forward to two days later, and this whole Philadelphia thing happened. Kokesh and, uh, and Paul uh, get arrested. And video starts circulating about a man who apparently got grabbed with Kokesh and was trying to either, what people were saying, was either trying to bash something on him, plant something on him, or take something from him. Um, 
some some people were saying that he was trying to take the microphone away from him because uh, you know while Adam, if you watch the footage while Adam Kokesh was being arrested, he was trying to speak on the microphone. At the same time, you know the police are assaulting me. The police are trying to take me away. Don't stop. You know he was he was saying uh, a number of things while the police were actually trying to take him down. He didn't go down, but they were they were trying their best. And lo and behold, that same person that I saw on NJ.com in, Hal- in Hamilton Park smoking, the Libertarian candidate, was that same person that everyone was, uh, you know, saying was trying to plant something on Adam Kokesh. And um, I thought that was, you know, incredible. I'm like, wow, that's the- I just found out about this guy. You know, he's from Jersey. Libertarian candidate smoking a joint in Hamilton Park, and now it's like, oh, now people are saying he's planting stuff on Adam Cook. You know, I was confused. Um, so after a while, I, I saw, I think it was uh, Michael Cervelli, I think his name is, uh, who travels in the same circles as uh, Kokesh and uh, Poe. Um, he and he, he I, I believe he was the host of the Anarchy in the NYC event that uh, you and I both went to, Steve. Mike um, Salvi? Salvi, Mike Salvi. Um, yeah. He was the one that mentioned that during a live stream that this man did not try to stash anything on, on Adam Kokesh. He was actually there trying to, uh, I think he was just trying to grab the microphone, like I said before. That, that, that's, what, that's what I heard on, on his live stream. So I want to ask Poe about that, too, when he gets on the show. And, I remember, I remember mm-hmm. hearing about that. Either, um, either it was Mike or uh, who's, who's Kokesh's uh, producer there? His man, or his, I don't know if it's his producer or his manager, what he calls him. Uh, I think his name's Justin, maybe. Okay. Um, the, I'm sorry if I got it wrong, but that's the name that comes to mind. But uh, he was talking, it might have been on InfoWars, but he was saying, uh, he mentioned that it was some libertarian uh, candidate. And right. he, he described that. He's like, no, he wouldn't do that. He's my friend. You know, we know this guy. And <laughs> and it's going with what you, you're saying, you know? And I'm telling you, I... Um, you know, at times, see, this is this is a tough thing when when you know when people label you a conspiracy theorist, you know, because there are wackos out there. I, I've mm-hmm. heard some, I've heard some crazy conspiracy theories as as I know you have as well. Yeah. And and look look how quickly that went out of control. You know, oh my God, this guy was trying to stash something on Adam Cook. You know, and people were believing that for a long time. I saw memes created in under like five minutes, like of it happening, and it was it was crazy. And, you know, I think it's really important. The only reason I mention this is because I think it's, you know, especially in the line of work that we do, it's very important that we pay attention to things like that because it can be easily exploitable. Someone can use that, oh, look, look how quickly they just jump to conclusions. Oh, let's, let's, let's try to set something up and then see how, you know, and then all of a sudden we have that divide and conquer thing going on again, which is bad. That, that, that's very bad for the movement. Um, you know, whether you agree with the libertarian philosophy or not, um, it's w- w- when you label a man, you know, guilty for doing something that he didn't do, it's, you know, it, it doesn't look good for, for everyone that actually speaks the truth. So, um, you know, speaking of truth, um, with that being said, let's call up a poll right now. Let me just get this number for everyone here. Uh, hold on one second. I was actually just talking to him in the sky. Oh, he just shot me a text message. All right, let me call this this guy up. What was the message? I'm ready. Huh? <laughs> what was the message? He's like, oh, ready for me? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hopefully, this is the right number. Hopefully, it's not like one eight hundred fat girls or something like that in like code. It's gonna be like, hey, bitch. 
All right, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. Hello, can I speak to N.A. Poe, please? Yes, it is. Hi, Poe, it's Miguel, man, from uh, Gorilla Activism Radio. How you feeling, bro? Pretty good, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Awesome. I got my co-host, Steve, from We Are Change Connecticut, on the line as well. What's up, Steve? How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. What's good? Good. Chilling, man. Right. So I'm out. I'm out in California with my girlfriend, just enjoying the, the sunshine. It's good away. Good to be away from the filth and uh, corruption of uh, Philadelphia for for a small period of time. You know what? Before we get into the the story, I just want to um, let you know the the. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're you're aware of it as well. The huge amount of support that you got when as, I, I think like ten minutes after you got locked up. You know, people you know, were outside of the, the prison, as I, I'm pretty sure Mike uh, showed you. And, you know, people were in the live stream talking about you, you know, free Poe, the memes were created, and, and all this stuff. So I just want to say that we were all riding with you while you were in there, man. Well, I appreciate that. And, and, and I think that, thank God that that was the case, because, uh, one, it was heartwarming. And, it, you know, it's funny. It, it reminds me of Goodfellas, like, where the guy had two different families. Like, you know, I didn't even think about calling my regular family. Like, and I just hope pretty much that they didn't even find out because they're simple people. Um, but I knew that my activist family was going to be right there for me. And they were And uh, between the panic hour camp, the libertarian camp, the marijuana uh, lobby as well. Um, you know, it was just a great feeling, but there's a lot of people out there. There's a case out here now where this kid named Holland, he, um, he's a federal prisoner for uh, hacking into some computer system and finding this uh, software that would track activists, and he, like, leaked that or some shit like that. I don't have the details, and I'm going to get on it. But, wow. um, you know, he's in he's in 23-1 solitary like I was. So, uh, you know, this experience was very harrowing for me, and, and, and it was scary. And I'm, like, a little fucking dude, and I figured that, like, activist people are going to take off, off the street aren't federal prison material, you know? And if they don't have networks that we have in Philadelphia – there's a possibility that these guys can just disappear without, you know, anyone even really knowing. I mean, I feel like, you know, in a way, the way I was held, it kind of is like in an NDAA type of fashion. I mean, I was denied things, and, you know, no one said shit to me. And uh, if it wasn't for the people on the ground, you know, uh, who the fuck knows? I might end up like this kid, 10 months in detention, with, you know, his brother had to create a petition on uh, change.org, you know, because he doesn't have a network. You know, he's some fucking computer hacker, and they fucking black bag him. So it's scary shit, and I think it needs to be addressed, you know, especially to protect each other in the activist community. For sure. And, and also, um, I, you know, I was fortunate enough to see you, on, uh, you, you and Mike on stage for the Elizabeth, New Jersey show, The Sleep No More. Oh, that was fun. Yeah, yeah that, that was awesome, man. And I think, you know, a lot of your support comes from doing things like that. That was a really good event, a lot of great speakers. You know, you had Professor Griff on there, Mortal Technique. You had Sabak Red from Nonfiction. You had some really good people on there. And once people knew what you were about, especially when you were speaking on stage, as soon as they saw that you were in trouble, you know, everyone came to your defense and started, you know, um, every, every social network was blown up with, you know, Kokesh and Poe are both locked up right now. This is what happened. Check this footage. It's bullshit. And uh, you know what? Let, let, let's do it this way. Um, for, for those people that don't um, really know much about you, can you tell us where you're from and what led you to – I'd like to know about your comedy roots, too, because I know that you're a comedian as well. So if you could tell us where you're from, where you grew up, and how you got into comedy, that would be great. Well, about I'm from Philadelphia originally. I spent my 20s as like kind of like a long-lost weekend. And uh, I told myself 
that uh, I tried to do comedy when I was a younger gentleman, and I told myself I was going to give it one good shot before I turned 30, and then fuck it, I'll just, you know, I'll probably jump out of a window or something. So I uh, started just hitting the comedy scene, you know, under the, the name NAPO, and um, I found myself, after writing dick jokes so much, wanting to kind of bring the things that I was concerned about into, like, my set. And, uh, you know, not saying it didn't go over well, but, like, you know, if regular comedy crowds want to hear jokes about, like, not being able to get hard for their girlfriend or their fucking can't their dick over their belly, man, like, that's not my life, you know what I mean? And, like, trying to entertain, like, the sheeple, you know, was uh, interesting. So uh, then Occupy Philadelphia broke out, and uh, we decided as the panic hour to cover it, like, uh, kind of like, you know, Hunter S. Thompson meets, like, you know, the digital age kind of way, like, embedded reporter living there, you know, type of thing. Um, what happened then was I was basically co-opted by, you know, meeting, like, probably 60 or 80, like, amazing activists, you know, and I became really aware, and I kind of found a home within that community. But, like, what I also saw is that activists come with people, like, so hardcore, like, about their cause that, like, it turns a lot of people off. And I definitely saw that during Occupy. So I just mm -hmm. figured that, you know, using comedy as a weapon and being able to, like, you know, because shit is literally so fucked up that if you don't laugh about it, like, you'll go insane, you know? And a lot of times, if you use the softer route of, like, comedy, uh, you know, about things to point out the absurdity of some of the situations, you know, with our government, you know, with society in general, that, you know, people are going to be more willing to listen. And, um, you know, thankfully, you know, it's working. And uh, hopefully I don't end up fucking, you know, in federal prison because of it. You know what? You, you bring up a good point, too, because I've gone to a million protests. And, you know, at, at times people are just way, way too serious to the point where it becomes miserable. And, and we all know misery loves company. And at uh, times, yeah. it, you know, if, if, if I haven't seen someone in nine months, a comrade from, you know, I'm from Jersey. If I see somebody from Cali that I haven't seen in years and, like, you know, we, we meet up at a protest, I'm sorry. I'm going to be like, hey, what's up? I'm going to be happy and, and, and you know, I want, to, I want to shoot the shit with this person. I want to say, hey, what's up? How you doing? You know, things like that. Have fun because I haven't seen this person in so long. And at times, you're right, you know, and, and, and honestly, laughing and, and having fun with an individual is probably activism in itself because, they, you know, the, the system really doesn't want us to be, uh, you know, too happy and, and you know, happy-go-lucky about things. They want us to be complacent and, and, and just zombie-like, like a sheep, pretty much like a sheep. Yeah, and, we, and we're trying to, the thing is, we need to move, we have activist network, networks set up now, and, like, I feel like I'm in the middle of a lot of different ones, and it's good because I don't necessarily have one thing that I'm abiding by, but I definitely know how to get, you know, people together. And I do know that we have to stop. We don't have to preach to the choir anymore. We are all convinced of this, right? What we have to do is find a way to take actions that uh, make us, you know, take the people that are fucking watching TiVo and paying their bills and start turning them because they're starting to be on the fence too because shit is completely fucked up. So if it takes my skinny ass making a bunch of shitty jokes at the, at the Liberty Bell and then have to get tackled by a bunch of fucking thugs to wake up, you know, these idiots, then, you know, so be it, you know, but I don't want this opportunity to be wasted. I want this to be an eye-opening thing. Like, uh, a lot of people thought during Occupy when Scott Olson got shot in the eye, the Vietnam vet, in uh, Oakland, that that was going to turn the fucking tide. All, like, my anarchist friends, like, black-clad anarchists were like, oh, America's going to jump up forward. They're going to pull the money on the banks. We're going to burn down the police stations. It's like, no, but when some skinny-ass comic pot activist in purple pants 
that's making a joke about everything and his fag partner who's writing cover songs of George Michael's songs. You know what I mean? Like It's like putting a flower in a gun, man. You know what I mean? And they're not going to... You know, I've been getting tied to Kokesh a lot. Me and Adam are cool. You know what I mean? And, and, and he's a good dude. I spent more intimate time than I'd like to talk about with the gentleman. You know, but like the thing is, like, I want to legalize weed. I want to be able to tell jokes. And then I want to take it to talking about drones with people. Pot is not the gateway drug. It's the gateway activism, man, because you grab so many young people and then when they're stoned and you're talking to them, you're like, yo, man, don't you think drone planes are fucked up too? Yo, man, do you know they can black bag people? Like, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta get their mind opened and, and, and then we start coming in with the, the more hardcore stuff and that, that's how you build an army, you know? Right, and you, you, don't, you don't throw facts in someone's face and tell them that they're dumb because they don't know it. Like, yeah, right. to... like you're yelling at someone about the Federal Reserve that's on vacation in Philadelphia. You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work like that too much. And I, I know a lot of people like that too, man. And they, they give us all a bad name. They don't, want, they don't get people you know, wanting to talk about any of the issues. And if anything, it's counterproductive most of the time. Now, now yeah. when, I was, when, when I was watching the, the live stream of um, uh, Mike Salvi's world's live stream while, while you were in uh, Kokesh were still uh, imprisoned, uh, they, they were outside um, chanting and dancing, and people were knocking on the windows. Did, did you hear that, or where were you uh, during well, that the time? Is, well, I was in the, I was in the eighth floor with Adam at the, uh, it's called the SHU, which is a special housing unit. Um, it's 23 hours in solitary and one hour out. But I will say uh, on the record that there was a, a 36-hour period that I was imprisoned without being able to leave that room. Um, no, uh, the only time it opened was for meals. Uh, and wow. it was uh, completely fucked up, and I, I couldn't uh, hear anything other than uh, the crazy guy a couple doors down that wouldn't return his tray. And then when he wouldn't return his tray, they would shut our water off for hours until they got the tray back from him. So I had to spend like an hour listening to three 22-year-old fucking prison guards at the police state argue with a crazy man in a cell over a lunch tray and then smell coke as you shit. You know what I mean? Like I should fucking, someone should hand me a fucking million dollar check and I should be able to go off to an island by myself after that. Oh, so you and Kokesh were in the same uh, cell? Yeah, me and Kokesh were in the same cell, man. How long exactly were you, uh, did they hold you? Well, I, I got in there Saturday at 5 p.m. Um, I was processed. None of my uh, none of my medical complaints or uh, my answer documentation of my injuries were addressed uh, throughout the whole entire thing. Uh, they put me in a cell by myself, and I was, like, chilling on the bottom, you know, at that point not realizing that I was being charged with a felony and all this shit. And I'm like, well, kind of just smiling, knowing that I had everyone outside, like, rabble-rousing. And then they're like, you have a cellmate coming in, and... I went up to the top bunk and did my little, like, snarl, you know, started getting into my crazy face, and they opened the door, and it was Kokesh. And I was like, what the fuck? You know what I mean? <laughs> and, like, uh, I'm like, yo, dude. And, like, me and Adam really didn't know each other. We just, like, you know, I'm doing an event, you're doing an event, hey, come do this, hey, come that. Like, you know, half the time, there's not, you know, Kokesh got everyone on the dick all the goddamn time. You can, you can barely get near him. Um, right. I just think he probably wishes it was more broad than kids in Ron Paul t-shirts, but whatever. Um, uh, yeah, but fucking whatever. What was I saying? Oh yeah. So then Kokesh came in and, um, we kind of got adjusted to each other. And then he started writing his, uh, revolution thing. I'm just sitting there kind of crying about my girlfriend. Uh, they take me, they take us to, to, uh, court on Monday and deny us bail. 
And then Adam says he's going the hard line. And I'm like, look, dude, I'm a comic. I'm a fucking pot activist. I mean, like, you know, like, I, I can't take the iron, you know, fucking clad way through this, you know. Like, and it really worked for him. But I feel like in the long run that, you know, he walks on those charges, you know, uh, whatever. He doesn't sign the thing. You know, all that shit. And that's fine. But, like, I feel like now that, you know, if the federal government doesn't want to negotiate with me and, you know, without, you know, I've been out and I've had to look at everything and I've had some really nice expert advice. The good thing is in activism, too, if you uh, take a stand and do something, uh, there's, you know, there's a lot of good lawyers out there that are very interested in, in helping people. And there's organizations like the a- organizations like the ACLU that have no problem helping people like that. So, uh, you know, these guys are going to either negotiate with a terrorist or, um, you know, we can, we, can go to, we can go to trial, you know, and, 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 you know, let's go to trial. Let's see what the American public thinks about what the federal government's doing because it won't be, I won't be on trial. They will be on trial. So, you know, you know, uh, what, oh, really, really quickly, um, let, let's let's backtrack a little bit, because I may have some listeners that don't know exactly what happened in Philly. Can you tell okay. us um, exactly what the event was about, where where it was and exactly what happened during sure. the event? Uh, yeah. Well, Smoketown Prohibition was a thing that we thought of. It was inspired by uh, our friend Chris Goldstein in New Jersey weed man smoking uh, marijuana delivery bill. So we did four of them. Okay. The fourth one was on 420. There was like five to 700 people there to DJ. It's my natural, like, I, I naturally want to, like, push the envelope every time that I do something, you know? So, like, it, you know, it, it started to get bigger. Let's get a DJ. We got a DJ. The cops let all those people smoke, and then they got embarrassed in a viral video that was made by this group called Repent America where, like, this crazy Christian fucker goes up to... The park police and was like, why aren't you arresting these people for smoking marijuana? And they're like, we don't have the resources. So, like, me and my people went out and started making memes with the fucking park ranger. And it's like, we don't have the resources. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, jerking them off like crazy. Yeah. And, uh, and then we show up and we're, in, and we're in a fucking pig pen, you know, with, uh, you know, five federal agencies there. But you know what? Tell me this. If they're not targeting activists, oh, well, let me just, okay. So four of them went well. So then we go, this is the fifth one, we get there, it's a shit show, they got 100 agencies there, you know, um, my question is, if they're not targeting activists, okay, then this time, there was only about 150 people there, because if you pulled up, you thought it was fucking ground zero, okay? Um, So it scared a lot of people off, man, people were just like, coming up in weed t-shirts and like, keep going, you know what I mean? Like, they're like, (laughs) fuck you, you know? Um... So they had about literally 100 cops and about 115 protesters. So if they didn't have the resources and then they put the resources on site, well, tell me why there was only five arrests. You know, you have the resources now. And, you know, you're putting yourself in a position where if you're going to shut it down, then shut everyone down. Don't target two high-profile organizers and fucking black bag them and trump up fucking charges on them and put them in goddamn holes. Now, I, I saw the footage, too, and, and it looks like everyone, you know, was, was lighting up, and they the police did not even pay attention to anyone else aside from you. Uh, no. And, and, and Kokesh. And three other people, and, and and I watched them carry this girl off. That she didn't get charged with resisting arrest. She looked like a goddamn... Uh, I, I, she was fucking flailing around like crazy. You know? Oh. And, and it's like... 
I got resisting arrest, impeding officers, blah, 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 blah. But you know what? They fucking blew their fucking load, you know? Charging me out my goddamn... I'm not a felony right now. I'm not a felony assault. Oh, my God. So... <laughs> I'm on, on bail from the felony. How does how that does, feel to have a yeah. felony assault? It feels fucking... I feel hard as shit, dude. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> I don't... Because if you lay up a joint and then get tackled by three park rangers, you're an assaulter. I don't know, if, I don't know what they consider a murderer, but, um, I, you know, it, I mean, literally, you know, the physical evidence... You know, it's just insane. And, you know, thank, thank God for activists today, too, where, like, fucking, you know, there's there's 50 different goddamn angles to that. I mean, I could, you know, not to mention that, that you know, Kokesh has everything, the Panic Hour has had a camera up front the whole entire time. I mean, like, they really, really, really fucked up when they went, when they let us all network, man, because now we're in a position where it's like you can't get things over on, like, a certain amount of the population, the resistance. You know, and then now, you know, it's just from there on, it's a battle for, you know, public opinion. And I think that events like this and seeing activists get targeted, hey, you know, like Kokesh, what he does, people are going to say that he's a target all the goddamn time. Like, I, I'm reading shit about him being a CIA agent. Yeah, I want to know. And, like, and like, literally, I watch, like, the thing is, it's crazy about it. That, that manifesto that he wrote, the fucking New American right. Revolution or whatever, I literally sat on the top bunk while he sat at the desk and like, he like read it to me, you know? And he's like, and we went back and forth and like, and it was like, I watched that organically rise in the dude's head, like, you know, in a fucking prison cell. Like it wasn't like someone came in and slipped the CIA fucking script through like the mailbox. Like it's just the way the dude feels. And it's so fucking out there. Like it's imagine this. Imagine you came up with something that was out there for libertarians. You know what I mean? Like, seriously. Like, fucking libertarians will defend anything, man. You know what I mean? Because it's like the idea of it. And God damn it, thank fucking God for that. Because, you know, did I ever think there'd be a don't tread on me flag outside my fucking prison cell? You know what I mean? When I got out right. there. But God damn it, thank you I was. Because I was then taken to a party and treated like a fucking hero by fucking people that love freedom. And I fucking, that makes me feel, that, that makes me feel amazing. You know what I mean? And I'm never going to stop busting balls. On the, I'm always going to break libertarian balls. Because, like, I never want people to ever have me be anything than who I am. I am, I, I, I am not owned by anything. I am just a fucking dude. And you're doing a good job at that, man. And like I said, you, you, have, my, you have my support. You got Steve's support. You have a lot of people's support for what you did. And that, that, that's kind of what led me to you while I was uh, watching all these live streams. And, you know, like I said, I've been to all the events that, that you, you know, you were a uh, co-host of. And I saw you on stage a number of times. And, you know, it was great to hear, you know. And, you know, and, and, and now, now to see that, that you're going through this, man, that, that's crazy. It's crazy, especially if someone sees the footage and now you're being charged with the felony for that. It's, it's, it's insane. Um, yeah, I mean, I was told that I got kicked officers. I believe when there was three officers suffocating my skinny frame on the ground, that one of them might have lodged their knee into my back and, uh, you know, direct, you know, maybe caused my leg just to, like, move a little bit. But other than that, man, and not to mention that uh, Independence Park uh, officer uh, number 846 was very, very, very rubbed you know, rough with me in a liberal fashion uh, after I was in handcuffs for a while, and then I got to prison, and they would not look at the injuries. They they refused to look at the in, at the injuries. They refused to look at the injuries for five okay. days, and uh and if I had to put Adam Kokesh on a stand for that, um, I'm sure that Adam would would love to uh 
to come up and talk about uh, me being denied the services. Now, did they released Adam with just a citation, right? Yeah, they released Adam with citations because Adam wouldn't give them anything. There was a day in the middle where, like, Adam wouldn't give his DNA, Adam wouldn't pee, Adam wouldn't do his fingers. And, like, literally, after getting denied bail the first time, we had been in jail for 72 hours. And they told us it was another 72 hours to our fucking court date, dude. So, like, that was probably the darkest, most depressing day of my life, you know, Jay. To go to court and see my girlfriend and my friends and, and, and supporters and then, like, have to be, like, recuffed and, like, walked off and told that I have to, like, be back in court in three days. Like, that was fucking dark, bro. Like, I'm a naturally depressive, like, kind of person, you know? And, like, you know, thank God I've been through some jail experiences before. I've been through some hardships that, you know, prepared me to deal with this. Because this, if this is my first experience with this dude, I mean, I would have fucking, like, probably lost my shit. Wow, man. That's insane. So well, just, just, keep in, just keep in mind... That you know, we you you, you, you we, we're all in this together, and you know, it's bullshit. We all know it's bullshit, and w- no matter what, we'll we'll always be standing with you, um, in this yeah, in that situation. You know, that makes you feel so good, man. And I and I feel like too that uh, you know, I just want to use the panic hour as a way to unite all types of activists to get together and to support each other. Like you don't have to be for. That's why I love libertarians. You don't have to be. Not a lot of libertarians I know even smoke weed, dude, but you know what? They're all my fucking rally because they fucking believe that I have the right to. And the thing is, like, we should all start reciprocating those feelings. We should all act like libertarians in that fashion, you know, and say, hey, you know, they're having a gun rights rally. You know, it really isn't necessarily my thing, but I believe that they should have the right to have that gun. And, you know, activists have to unite and take these barriers down. And I think the libertarians are leading in the charge with that, with being so open to so many different, you know, ideas that, you know, people can learn a lesson from that. Absolutely. Now, I wanted to ask you a question about a video. Um, Steve and I were discussing this earlier. A video that came out probably 15 to 20 minutes after you both got arrested, and, and the other individuals as well. The, the libertarian candidate, from, you know, I'm from Jersey once again, and the, the New Jersey, uh, I believe he's the state libertarian, libertarian candidate. He spoke at that state, event. State Senate. State Senate, right. He spoke yeah. at that event. And shortly after the video was released of you guys getting arrested, another video that someone, you know, took a clip of, you know, apparently showed him trying to plant something on Kokesh and all this craziness started. To, can, you, can you speak to that? Like, yeah, I can. <laughs> like, what the, you know, at, at times things get a little ridiculous, right? Yeah, well, first and foremost, I book everything at these events. And being an entertainer, I know how, like, I do, like, I have a process for that. Um, you know, Don Desarn has been a supporter of the Smoke Down Prohibition event. Uh, he even actually smoked uh, openly in a park uh, when he declared his candidacy. So he's huge right balls by of my house. He's a vet. He yeah, right he's by a, my house. That's how I knew about him. <laughs> he's a vet. Uh, he contacted me after the second Smoke Down and really said he wanted to speak. Uh, I was kind of like booked up for a little bit, and I didn't want to squeeze him. Um, and I said, you know, come to this one. He's involved with Normal New Jersey. Come and speak. So Don King, um, who I, you know, Don and Adam, who's been at all five, they said that uh, they planted something on him. And that's what it just made me realize, like, how big Kokesh was. Like, the thing is, I don't have fucking time to, like, look at people's shit. You know what I mean? Like, I'm making my own shit. You know? So, like, uh, I didn't fucking know Kokesh was, like, the rock star that he was. To be honest with you, from, like, the get-go, like, I was just like, hey, I want to book like 
people from all the different activist groups I know to try to hook in as many different kinds of people as coming to these events. So I'm like, boom, Kokesh, fucking all day long. People want to come just to see him in that community. You know, that's more people on site. Um, and he supports marijuana, you know. So, uh, you know, Don, we're friends, and Don's a great man, and he's a patriot, and he's a hero. And to see that they said that he planted something on Kokesh, I was like, wow, this is fucking, like, out of this world, like Alex Jonesy type of shit. And I think that in right. general, the Libertarian Party just has to, like, shed the Alex Jones, Ron Paul image and move into, you know, the future, because I think the future is here. I agree with you 100%. And I think that, uh, you know, especially since now we see this merger of something that was pretty linked in the beginning, uh, you know, in the early days of anarchism, anarchism and libertarians were actually interchangeable. They, they had very, very similar beliefs. And now I'm seeing that, that, that unison coming back again. But it, it was, it was uh, ripped apart, actually, you know, a couple of years ago. But now, now that I'm seeing them coming back together, I think it's helping it come along again. What, what, you know what? Were you at the Anarchy in the NYC event? I was. No? I, was at, I spoke at, I spoke at uh, the one before the last one. Oh, okay. You know, what, one of my pet projects is trying to, yes, well, I saw the one, it was like, the, I was at the one that was like, what's the party plan post, uh, mm-hmm. post Ron Paul and Gary Johnson came, and I think Pandela got in his face or something. But, um, well, look, my pet project is, is trying to unite the far left and the far right, and, because they both believe in the same things, but the thing is, anarcho-capitalists and anarcho-communists are never going to fucking meet in the middle. anarcho right. Capitalists are too fucking white. I mean, you're actually fucking one of you and my boy Daryl Adams, dude, are, are like pretty much the only minority libertarians I know. And and I feel like that you know there is some kind of stigma involved with it. I mean, like with you know just being white as fuck, and like the far left is like so like oh like whatever like you know fucking give me food stamps. That I I feel like there's no middle ground. But what sucks is that they are actually the same people. Right, that's that, and it's so hard to explain that to people sometimes too. It's like, no, no, my my belief is like, dude, you're saying the same thing. You're still saying the same, <laughs> the same fucking thing. You know, and yeah, how, how did you, right. how did, how did you meet uh, Mike Salvi? Um, was that in your travels as well, or have you always known him? Well, now when we were at Occupy Philadelphia, when we tried to take the route that we were embedded reporters, I just tried to stay in the loop, and there were so many things developing. There was like the black clad anarchist hijacking of Occupy Philadelphia. There was you know, uh, really? yeah, can you, can you talk about that? Can you talk about that a what? little bit? Well, what was that again? You said well, it was a co-option of Occupy Philly. Oh yeah. Well, about four days into Occupy Philly, there was an anarchist reveal, and um, you know, uh, Cindy Milstein, who was a prominent um, anarchist writer, uh, she travels the country. Look her up. She's very boring to read, but she's a great woman. Um, but these people want to return to like fucking like caveman times and like share everything. I mean, it's just not going to work. Maybe for like the post apocalypse. But they took over the media center um, and all of the working groups there and, uh, you know, really demanded like a hard, like, you know, anarchist line with all the policy that went through, you know, the council or whatever the fuck. And they pretty much tanked Occupy Philly with their idealism about anarcho communism. But at the wow. same time, we all, well, at the same time, we all met each other. I met Mike and those guys there because we used to go around to all the people that had things set up and be like, hey, I'm this, tr- I wasn't as enlightened at the time, so it was like, hey, I'm, some, I'm this jerk-off comedian, what are you doing and what are you here for? Let me make fun of you about it and then whatever. But at the same time, 
certain people warmed up to me enough to realize that, you know, I, I had the right intentions at heart, and I started learning things about a lot of different kinds of shit. Like, do I have things, anarcho-communist ideals? Like, of course I do. I love the idea of, you know, people taking autonomous action. I love the idea of collective. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I'm built on all these different ideas. And what's been great about this is some people that taught me stuff about activism that I admired, you know, have come up to me and answered this, and I'm like, wow, you're doing a great job. And it's like, wow, I mean, like, you're the people that, like, kind of, in a way, you know, built me into the guy that wants to do this. Because pot activism isn't a very radical thing, man. And, like, a lot of times they don't even want to own what we're doing because, like, they want to put on their suits and jerk off politicians with Vaseline and fucking, you know, every time that a bill comes out. And, like, I feel like the way you really wake up the government is by fucking, like, banging pots and pans in the street and letting them know that we're here and this is what we fucking mean. And with pot, we can do that. With ending the Federal Reserve, you're not going to do that. But you know what? An average American can fucking look at pot as, like, the new gay marriage and, uh, you know, say, hey, I don't give a fuck about that. Can we just let those people be? And if it takes me getting tackled and fucking coke guys getting detained and the police can't down us for that to happen, well, I'm glad to fucking martyr myself, you know, for that. Now, you, I'm also an advocate for, for legalization of marijuana. And, you know, for, for those listening, too, I think we also need to let everyone know that there, it has a lot more uses than just smoking it. You can use it to, to make paper, plastics, clothing. Um, some you people even, yeah, you, you can eat it, right, and it, gives, it has very uh, good beneficial. Put it in your <laughs> yeah, when you're traveling. But, you know, <laughs> you know so, some, some people even uh, claim that it cures cancer. I, I've been watching a, a YouTube video series of this girl that had a brain tumor, um, I'm sorry, brain cancer, and something was going on within her head. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know exactly what's going on, but apparently this girl was told by all, you know, all the, all the doctors that she went to go see that she only had a couple of months to live, and she fought for her life, found a, an alternative medicine doctor. I honestly don't remember the guy's name, but he was a, a, a guy that manufactured marijuana oils. Yeah, and, look up, you need to look up Rick, Rick Simpson. Rick Simpson. It's, uh, he, he does cannabis oil shit and like, dude, there's something going on with it. And it, and you know what? It probably shows why it's being suppressed because what if we could grow our own medicine that healed everything? What the fuck would the corporations do? Exactly. Oh no, these people can help themselves. Oh no, these, when, if we can't control their food supply, we can't control their medicine supply, they'll be free, you know? And, and, and it's a fucking joke, man. And if people can't wake up the idea of that, and you know what, if I got any fucking disease at all, I'd smoke the shit out of some weed or try something cannabis-based before I put any fucking poison in my body from any of those fucking companies and that a are lot fucking of the time, legally dealing drugs and right, enslaving the people via that, via drugs. And a lot of the time, those, if, especially, it, it's weird, especially for, because, you know, I, I don't really watch too much TV, you know, as an active, I think a lot of activists don't really watch too much TV. I don't, I, no, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, you know, but some of the, like, the times that I do watch TV and I see these commercials, they'll show these, these medications, and the side effects for these medications are worse than the, than the disease that is there to cure. I have no idea how these people are even taking this medicine. Um, my, my friend, Mike Whiter, is a, it, my friend it runs a uh, cannabis group in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania Veterans for Marijuana Legalization. I like them on Facebook. Um, Mike is an Iraq veteran, and he uh, was given 38 medicines, including uh, methadone, uh, when he came back from the war. 
and uh, he had a lot of problems, and he smoked, started smoking marijuana, and he's not better, but you know what? He's not fucking taking 38 different medications anymore, and, you know, since the Vietnam War, they've been abandoning, I mean, I don't even know how people join the military, you know, uh, you know, they've been abandoning soldiers when they come home, and everyone's got fucking, you know, uh, bumper stickers on their SUVs, you know, and it support the goddamn troops. Will support the troops when they come home, and whatever medicine makes them feel better. If if putting hot pokers in veterans' asses when they came home got rid of PTSD, I would support that. Because if we're right. supposed to support our troops, then that was a horrible metaphor. But you know what I'm saying, you know? <laughs> <laughs> You're hilarious, dude. You're fucking hilarious. Yo, but you know, you make a good point with that too, because. The first time, you know, speaking of, you know, of, of veterans, you know, Adam Kokesh is, is a veteran. He's, he's a, um, uh, he was in an organization called Iraqi Veterans Against the War. And the, yeah. first, the first time I ever, you know, became, uh, you know, I, I started finding out about him was uh, I, bought, I bought this book called Winter Soldier. He, you know, he, he, he was in it. They, they interviewed him. I started looking it up on YouTube and blah, blah, blah. I, I started, um, you know, from then on, and this was, I, I don't even know how many years ago, maybe like nine or ten um, you know, I started learning more and more about what he was about, how, how, how mistreated the veterans are. It's incredible how, you know, the veterans memorial, it's all bullshit. People, people get off of work and they don't do anything. They honestly just yeah. go out. Yeah. They don't do anything for these veterans. It, it's so sad. And, you know, I remember, you know, you were talking about post-traumatic stress disorder. I remember watching, uh, one of Kokesh's videos where he talks about, how bad it used to be for him when he first came back from Iraq. And the only thing that helped him out was actual, actually smoking marijuana. It would calm him down. He wouldn't wake up in cold sweats. And it looks like, you know, doctors don't even want to look at that. Or even, you know, you, you, have, you said it yourself when you said, you know, why, why aren't they helping these, these troops? That may be one way to help them. Why are we pumping them full of these, you know, these concoctions when we could just give them something natural? Yeah, it's fucking horrendous, man. And, and the thing is, it's like, that's why I'll never stop fighting for this, because you can't tell me I'm wrong. You know what I mean? And, like, like anything you can say about marijuana, that can be countered with something about marijuana. Like, there's no, like, we have friends in Lancaster, Pennsylvania Hemp Band Security, like them, too. They're great people. They want to do shit with, like, hemp and all that shit. I don't know what the fuck that is. You know what I mean? And I don't care. But the thing is, like, it'll work economically. It'll work medicinally. It'll work for asshole comics that just want to smoke weed. You know what I mean? And we deserve that, right? And, you know, it's time to fight for it. I mean, like, in two states, you can walk into a store and buy whatever the fuck you want. In one state that is the birthplace of liberty, you can get black bagged and put in federal attention for five days for the same thing. We need to straighten that out, you know? And, and that's what we're going to do. That's right. And, and or they'll kill start. me or something. You know what I mean? It wouldn't be hard to kill me at all. Sometimes I think about like, bro, like a hit list. Like, all you have to do is like get like a decent looking Russian broad and like you know like an ounce <laughs> of weed and be like, you come to my hotel with me. And then like I go back to the fucking hotel. There's two guys. They put like that heart attack needle in my foot, like they did in Michael Clayton. Put my clothes oh, back on and like lay me on the fucking bed, and that's it, dude. You know, it's like oh, Poe died of a heart attack with a hooker. And it's like oh, well, yeah. I mean, that seems like you know the end that I saw for that guy. Well, listen. You 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 you, you say that like it like it's a joke, and it is funny. But uh, you know, technology like that does exist. But uh, I think you're a little too high profile at the moment. So 
Well, I hope so, man. I hope so. Well, that's the thing, too. It's like, dude, I'm harmless, bro. Like I said, I don't own a fucking water gun. You know what I mean? And, like, the thing is, if you want to make me out to be, you know, me and Kirkpatch are at best a shitty buddy cop comedy. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, as far as, like, our views on the world, he fucking is a veteran that has fucking PTSD that, like, likes to smoke marijuana, you know, to help that. I smoke marijuana when I wake up, and I just don't stop because, you know what? It makes me have a good time. So, like... You know, that's where our politics crisscross is right there on marijuana. And then, you know, from there, you know, I mean, Adam can march on whatever he wants. You know what I mean? And um, maybe I'll show up there and smoke a joint. <laughs> I hear that, brother. I hear that. Yeah, now, I'm, just taking, I'm just taking flack lately. You know what I mean? And it's like, you know, the libertarians, the pot lobby, the libertarians, the pot lobby. And it's like, dude, I just want to be me. You know what I mean? Oh my! It, it, I mean, it, some people just don't understand that it's not just about pot too. It's about the right to do what you want. Yeah, I mean, without a doubt. Right. It's so you know. It's some people are very confused too. I mean, you, you know, you, you mentioned sheeple, uh, you know, in the beginning of the interview, and it's at times it's so hard to break through to certain individuals. And you know, you said it best when you said that you know, com the, a comedic way, a comedic approach to informing a, a person is actually probably one of the best ways to inform someone of, of, of certain things. I feel like it's almost the only way at this point. I mean, like, I, you know, I have a lot of friends. I'm from a blue-collar family. My pop's a plumber. And, uh, you know, we... I, I've been getting a lot of messages lately from, like, my friends that I grew up with in the neighborhood and shit like that, being like, yo, dude, this is, like, hilarious to see, like, you in a position where, like, people are, like, listening to what you're saying, and you started this in your dad's basement, and, like, all that type of shit. What that tells me, though, is is it's like, okay, so maybe that's just that neighborhood, right? But if, like, average people start hearing about some, like, weirdo that's trying to, like, stir things up a little bit, I think it's someone that you can root for, you know what I mean? And I want to just take that bullshit about myself and turn it into an issue about marijuana, you know? And, and, and I think that people say, like, let that fucking idiot smoke weed. Just leave him alone, you know? And that's the kind of support we need to turn the tide in, in the larger sense because, like I said, you know, the days of preaching to the choir have to be over. We're going to have a vow. And with with all this, because, you know, I, I, we're also Facebook friends. I don't know if, if you – you probably get you probably get 100 a day now ever since this happened. Probably 100 it's an been, hour. It's been, it's, been, it's, it's been interesting, and the thing is, the way I look at it, I've, uh, you know, working in comedy and writing jokes, I've, I challenge myself to write one good joke every day on Facebook, and, uh, you know, it used to be that, you know, about 20 likes a joke, I could, I could throw that into a set because I know that it would work. It's amazing right. to have the overwhelming response to social media. I really like talking to people. I like writing for people. I like getting my views out in, in, that, in that fashion. So I, you know, encourage as much the Panic Hour Facebook page, like it, friend me on Facebook. Like, I just want people to laugh and have a good time and to start thinking a little bit more. You know what I mean? Like, you know... People think that what we're doing with smoke down prohibition is, you know, militant or like radical. It's like, no, we're just saying that, you know, I'm not in any way compare us to fucking Rosa Parks or, you know, Martin Luther King. But if those guys didn't go in the streets too, they wouldn't have had the impact. It's great to try to move legislation along and whatever the other, you know, things that fucking people do with fucking politics. The panic hour is post politics. We're not interested in politics. There's not a political solution to these problems anymore. You know, um, but if someone else wants to go and make a political solution for it, go ahead. We're not interested in negotiating in that fashion. We are, uh, 
you know, just going to do what the fuck we want, man. <laughs> now, let me ask you a question. I, I now, I, you know, I, I've been paying attention to what's been going on with with you and Kokesh as far as legally. I know that uh, he had a, a public defender um, actually uh, defend him in court, and like you mentioned earlier, he didn't, you know, he didn't want to give any DNA, pee, anything. He he didn't cooperate whatsoever. Um, did you have to get a lawyer? Did you do you have any prior, by the way, too, that maybe might have made things a little bit more difficult for you while you were um, in prison? No, I have a public, I have a public defender. I have a couple of fucking bullshit pinches like from my twenties, just from being an idiot, but nothing, you know, nothing uh, interesting. I did fifteen days down in a county jail in Florida uh, oh, a while back. But so um, did, they, did they try to throw that back in your face while you were in there? Like, oh, he's he's a repeat offender. Oh. No, they pulled me. He asked about it. And we're just driving shit. They're not going to be able to do anything about that. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, I think that, wow, uh, you said, what did you say? You were talking about the felony, right? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he, he has these citations. I'm, I'm interested on why, well, well you're from Philly, right? Are, yeah. You've done these, you're an organizer in that city. And Yeah, know, I mean, like, I pissed these guys four times off by having, you know, all four, five times by bringing you know, people that are openly smoking marijuana and, like, taunting them with a microphone. I mean, like, they were coming after me come hell or fucking high water. And the thing is, the day I got there, I knew that, bro. You know what I mean? Like, I knew that. I've been in fucking hardcore activist situations where I'm up down on Washington on fucking K Street, and there's 30 protesters laying in the street, me in the middle of it, and, you know, 30 cops on horses on the other side. So, like, I know a fucking shit show when a shit show is a ruin, you know? Right. So mm-hmm. I saw how it was down there. I got my fucking intern Kyle out on like recon. He saw all the dudes with the ties. They wouldn't talk about, you know, um, anything with us. But the way I, like I say, once again, if you bring a hundred cops there and there's 150 people, then cite everyone, lock everyone up that's smoking marijuana. Don't lock up two people, haul them off and then argue with people. that are blowing marijuana on you and you're not arresting them. You know, it's definitely, it's, they're targeting, they targeted us. They took us out. And now in the long run, they're going to fucking see what we're made of. So what do you and, have to do uh, now? Do you, do you have to go back to court? Do you have a court date? Yeah, I'm, on, I'm, on, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm awaiting trial. Wow. I'm awaiting trial, and I, I just, uh, I'm out on bail, and I'm happy to be out on bail. And um, we're going to see where this leads. That's pretty much all I can really say about the case. I've got to be a little bit shady about that for now. But believe me, I would love to come back on after we beat this thing and fucking, uh, you know, shoot the shit on that because, uh, it's gonna be a good time. Yeah, I'd love I'd love to uh, discuss um, that when you can. You know, let let me ask you something about your, about your career. Um, yeah. You know, you, you mentioned you know you know you're getting this big response on your Facebook pages. People are liking your stuff. That you know, like I said, I think I think you are funny. I've I've seen you on stage before at at, at previous events. Where, where do you see your career going now? Are you gonna continue to to do stand up and you know try to branch well, out a little bit more now? I pulled back a little bit on the stand-up. What I really like to do is, like, the idea of contrived uh, contrived sets. A lot of stand-up is like, oh, you're doing 12 minutes. And then, like, I go up there and, like, I write 12 minutes. And, like, sometimes it goes great and sometimes it's fucking hard. I like hosting events and putting on activist events. And I feel like I just want to be a really funny, you know, activist. And a guy that does that, and sure, I'll make appearances and I love hosting events. Hosting is the best because I like writing specifically for shows. If you said, hey, you're hosting Anarchy in, 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 in NYC this year, they'd be like, okay, give me the list. Everyone's speaking. I'll write shit for in between them, and I'll laugh and have a good time. I want to do that type of stuff. The idea of stand-up comedy, hey, if it got to the point where people wanted to hear me bitch like an hour for like George Carlin, I'll write that for you. But for now, I think you know, I, the idea of 
being, you know, digitally available on YouTube and making appearances and, you know, just writing and interacting with people that are fans of what the Panic Hour is doing. I think that uh, that, that multi-pronged approach, uh, you know, allow me to uh, continue to spread my message. And I'm telling you, dude, the bigger that the Panic Hour gets, we want to build an army. Like, we're not trying to get fans. We're trying to, like, get people to, like, like what we're doing and then find a way to get involved if they're near us where they are, but if not where they are and if they need any help with us or any contact that we have to help them get that up and moving, we're, we're more than willing to lend a hand. Do you, now, speaking of the Panic Hour, do you want to plug it really quickly, tell everyone the web address and how to get involved? Sure. The Panic Hour, I recommend going to the Panic Hour Facebook page and just liking it. You can go to thepanichour.com, which we weren't prepared to, like, really get hit with, but thepanichour.com, you can link to everything that we fucking do, the YouTube, the Facebook page. We do a podcast, and I think we're going to go back on the 11th, and I think we're going to do, like, an Ask Us Anything show where, like, people are hitting us up with messages, and, like, I want people to know, too, that, like, I am trying to read, like, all the messages that people sent and respond. So I feel like our response is going to be, you know, um, to try to do an Ask Us Anything show where people can just call in, and you can ask me my dick size for all I care, I'll tell you. You know what I mean? And, and, and that'll be a good way to interact with everyone because we're getting a lot of new fans, and we want them to know that we are comedians. A lot of people come to the Facebook page, we throw up a meme, and they're fucking, like, civil liberties are getting offended. Well, you know what? You're in the wrong fucking place. Because yeah, I, re- I remember you saying from, that. We appreciate yeah, fans from all different realms, and we want fans from all different realms, but you've got to understand that we got to be us. You know what I mean? And, right. you know, that's not going to change. And if, you know, that makes you not be able to support our work, well, you know, I hope you find a new fucking hero. Now I remember that you said you had you had a, a status update on Facebook. Uh, I know it's kind of corny for us to be talking about you know Facebook status updates and stuff. No man, I I, I embrace I embrace it. Yeah, me, me too. So do I. But I know it's certain to oh you're talking about yeah whatever. But I, yeah. I remember one of them one of them that you said uh, you know you had a, a brilliant status update that I saw where where you mentioned if you take everything I say seriously then you're in the wrong place or something. You said something along those lines, and I was like wow that's. Uh, you know, because he said, I'm a comedian. You know, if you take everything that I say literally, then we're not going to get along. Well, yeah, and, I, and you know what? I, with, the, with the way I work, I'm not going to come out and, like, I don't want to come out and have to say that to you. Like, I want you to be smart enough to, like, weed through that shit. Or I don't, or you're never going to get me. You know what I mean? Like, I want it to be like, if you can't tell that that's a joke, then you're not going to get anything. And if you can't tell when I'm serious, you know, like, it's obvious when I'm serious. When I'm talking from my heart or something I'm passionate about, you can tell. You know, when I'm fucking off, you can tell that too. Right, right. All right, well, I got to go. My girlfriend's freaking out. All right, dude. That, well, thanks, thanks right. for coming on to the show. And for everyone out there listening, thepanichour.com, and check out The Panic Hour on Facebook. Thanks so much, guys. It was a great time. All right, thanks for coming on to the show, my friend. Take care. Take it easy. Bye. Steve. What's up? What's going on, my friend? What's going on? I was uh, just looking at the video of him getting arrested a couple of times. And Crazy, it right? Doesn't, it doesn't look like he kicked him at all. Like, I see his legs, like, flail, but that's, like, when he hits the ground. And then there's, like, cops all over him. They're, like, on his legs, and there's no, you know... It doesn't even look like he kicked him, so it looks like it, you know he'll be able to hopefully be discharged. You know, how how crazy is like it? Like right there, look, like yelling. the cop put his knee automatically on his legs when he first lands on the ground. You watch right around two ten, 
everyone can check the video out, GorillaActivismRadio.com. You'll see the post there. You can also, you know, share share the page out, have everyone listen. Um, and yeah, Poe's a cool-ass dude, man. He's a cool-ass yeah. dude. You, you could tell that he wasn't there trying to hurt anyone or anything. He was just standing up for something that he believed in. And as far as I'm concerned, if, if you know, he has the right to do that, and I'm going to support his right to do that. He, believe, he firmly believes that he, you know, that, that marijuana would be a good, you know, as a lot of us do. Like I was mentioning before, marijuana, you don't just smoke marijuana. It has many benefits. You can look it up. You know, it's you could use it for everything. Um, back in the day, I think it was a uh, it was a popular science or popular mechanics. They did an article uh, that how it was going to be the billion dollar crop, and it's about the time you know the paper company and the textile companies and we're like mm mm, and then they started that big smear campaign. Right. And ever since then, it's been illegal, you know, but they basically made it illegal because of like racist propaganda and exactly money. And then you and you have these really terrible movies from uh I think like the fifties. Uh what was that one that one stupid Grief movie? Grief for Madness. Grief for Madness. That's yeah. <laughs> it's the best when you smoke and then watch that movie too. It's actually pretty funny. Mm-hmm. But you know you know Poe, you know, he you know, we we discussed, um, at, you know, a video that Kokesh had made uh, a while back um, about his about the reasonings behind why he smokes. You know, you know, part of it is probably for enjoyment as well, and, and you know, it's you know, enjoying enjoyment of life, but it's also to help with help with his mental condition of post traumatic stress disorder from his service in Iraq. Now, I can relate to that. Um, not not like I've been in a huge, uh, you know, in in a shitstorm like. Iraq, but you know, I used to see a, 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 a psychiatrist for from you know when I was let's say 17 till I was about 23, 24. You know, I'm not I'm not going to go behind. You know, I'm not going to get into the details of why I was seeing the psychiatrist, but I was there. Thank so you, you know, it must have been it must have been something pretty bad. <laughs> so you know, um, you know, they're basically you know this. I'm going to say this, the psychiatrist was a nice woman. You know, she was willing to listen, as most psychiatrists do, to what I was saying. She was, you know, there was eye contact most of the time. But there was also those moments where I would be talking about an issue like, you know, uh, my father. You know, she'd bring, oh, how's your relationship with your father? Oh, it's good. You know, the other day, we blah, 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 blah. And whatever I said during my explanation of, you know, my answering of her question, she would notice, I would see it in her eyes. They would light up. Oh, that, that's the key word. Let me look right into the book, which was right in front of her at the time. Yeah. So the majority of the time, she's looking at me, you know, paying attention. Um, I thought she was paying attention, but what she, what she was really doing was looking for keywords that were in that book for prescription medication to give me. Um, long story short, you know, Paxil, Lexapro, Klonopin, Xanax, uh, you know, a couple of others a cocktail of, of, of prescription medication in, in, in this poor young man's belly. Um, you know, it left me with a small ulcer in my stomach that, you know, you know kind of fucks me over every once in a while, reminds me that it's there. Um, but, long, you know, long story short, once again, I stopped going to the psychiatrist after a while. I realized that I just needed to talk to people more. Maybe I was just keeping it inside a lot. And, um, you know, I guess that, you know, having a radio show kind of helps too because now I have people listening to my bullshit. <laughs> but you know, 
I can honestly say that marijuana also helps me in that. It assists me with my anxiety. You know, I was diagnosed with a panic disorder by the psychiatrist, but I, I'm telling you, it was not as bad as after I left the psychiatrist's office and stopped taking the, the psychiatric medication. Um, I felt like I was having heart, a massive heart attacks. That's how bad it was at, you know, at certain points. And through my own breathing exercises and the use of marijuana every once in a while, I've totally kicked this panic disorder. I live a, 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 a much better life, you know, past the psychiatrist. Not, not to say that psyche, you know, some people do, do, do need that, you know, in their lives. It's just my own personal experience is that I needed, like, you know, Steve, me and you, we, we, we met last year. And now I can see you like a good friend of mine because we, we bullshit with each other. Like, we talk a lot, you know. That's how I am with people. Once I meet someone, you know, I have to let them, you know, who are you? Where are you from? You know, how are you feeling today? You know, all that type of stuff, you know. It's good to talk. Um, and I think it comes to a point where if someone keeps all of their thoughts and, and emotions inside, it can only do bad for you. You have to be able to, you know, at times talk. You need to talk to people. You need to be out there and, you know, outside and not be so much of an introvert, which I used to be. You got to get out yeah. of that warm little bubble. You got to come out of your comfort zone and, right. you know, change, change. If you can't change what's you know, what's going on inside, then you're not going to be able to change the world, you know? And that's something that, that, you know, hit me when I started becoming, you know, like doing more activism. And mm. it's just like you, you got to be able to make the changes in your own house before you go outside and start trying to change the world because they will both go hand in hand. Right. And, you know, I, I wanted to um, to ask Paul about, because he, he said that, you know, him and, and Kokesh don't meet eye to eye on a lot of things. But the one thing that they do, which led to them, you know, being in the situation that they were both in, in Philly, was the legalization of marijuana. Now, I wanted to ask him if he, how he felt about Kokesh's, uh, well, it, it's, been, it's since been canceled, or so I hear, the, the, the gun rally that was supposed to happen in D.C., um, yeah. Now, I know you, you and Jeff were supposed to go down and cover it, right? Were you going to be involved or were you just going to cover it? Nah, I was just going to cover it, man. Uh, you weren't going to bring your shoddy out? No. Nah. Sort of? Sort of? <laughs> <laughs> Did you think it... Uh, give me your honest opinion. Did you think it was a good idea? Um, that's a tough one, man. That's a tough question to answer because... You gotta, I mean, we're talking about marching in the streets with guns out, you know? So many so many things can go wrong, but, you know, you got to wonder, it's, it's not really time for that yet. you got to wait. Like, I was listening to some guy talking about that's um, aggression. That's an aggressive move. You know, you got to wait for them to make the aggressive move. But have they already made it and we just don't see it? You know, there's so many different variables to it and, you know, it's hard to really say if it was a good thing or not. You feel I mean, me? How do you yeah, feel no. about it? You, I, I, listen, man. Like, I, I kind of see it as, a, as an unformal declaration of war, you know? It, it, I, it, out in front of the White House with loaded weapons, and if you're looking at it from the outside... Mm-hmm. It, it, it looks violent like, and dangerous, you know, even though they're exactly. there to have, have a, you know, a peaceful march and just demonstrate, you know, the right to bear arms and, and you're not just gonna, civil disobedience. You're not just going to scare the, you know, the uh, Secret Service and the police of D.C. They're going to be tourists 
and people who live in D.C. who have no idea what's going on, they're going to walk out of their houses and see, like you know, I don't know how many, uh, yeah, they're going to see an army coming out, <laughs> marching towards the White House with guns, with loaded guns. They're going to be like, holy shit, somebody called the police. Oh, my God. They, you know, and, you know, on top of that, because part of me does agree with co- what Kokesh is doing, but we also need to be aware, just like we were talking about before we called Poe, they, you know, five minutes after the footage came out of this guy being arrested, they're saying that this guy was planting stuff on him, and all you need is people jumping to conclusions once again. And look what we have here, a fucking couple hundred people with guns. Oh, no, here we go. And then a fucking shoot, a shootout happens in front, of, in front of D.C. At times, that can be exactly what they want, military, police state, right there and then. People are run. look, look, and, and, and who are they going to target? Just like Poe was saying, they targeted him and Kokesh and three other activists. They're going to be targeting people like me and you. Oh. You know, these people were just in D.C. the other day. Oh, wait, these are their followers. Oh, we need to, you know, surveil, you know. It can go, it can go bad so many ways. But I, I, a part of, I'm not going to lie, a part of me does think that it might be time for something like that, a wake-up call, um, you know, of people going out there standing up for their rights because they do have the right to do that. Yeah. But, but the establishment doesn't see it like that. Yeah. I don't know, dude. It, it's I try to see but, you know, both sides, like how we view it and then how they would view it and that's how they would view it. It's just you see it as deadly, you know? It's just like they can't be doing that. March in front of the White House with guns. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. Just, just picture, you know, I'm if it was uh, down there, then march out there with a gun. I'll tell you that. It, exactly, exactly. Like, and uh, I that might be a better idea. Change conventional wisdom. You know, we can do it, and that just starts with the kids. We got to start yet. Start them out as young. You know, get talking to them, and then eventually, if they grow up with a different set of beliefs than what the establishment is trying to teach them, you know, mm-hmm. because they never listen to their parents. They're not seeing you know, mean how do you, teacher. How how would um how do your parents take it? Are are you are you uh do you communicate with um your parents? Uh, or? Not as much as I used to. Um, my mom knows what I've always done. You know, something like this wouldn't phase her. And actually, me being more more active has gotten my dad to notice a lot more a lot of more things. Like I would learn something and try to you know communicate it to him because all growing up, you know, he always we talk, you know, how this is corrupt and that's corrupt, but never, like, really deep. And then I just showed him, like, the first thing I showed him, I was just like, look, look how the media doesn't even cover Ron Paul because he watches the news all the time. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a month later, it comes back to me. He's like, you know what? You're right. They didn't even mention him. <laughs> and and then I'd, I'd give him something else and then something else. It's about planting that seed, you know, in your brain. Right. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's just plant it. Water it once in a while. Eventually, it'll sprout into some a beautiful flower, you know. And you're, you're talking about during the you're, t- you're talking about during the Republican debates, right? When Ron Paul was like slaughtering everyone else on that stage. Yeah, and you know who won this, who won that, and it's just, it's just like what? They won't even show them. They don't even show them. And then I'm, and they did, what? And I think it all it also needs to be said that they didn't uh, want to. I mean, there was, only the Democrats and Republicans were invited to those debates. There are other political parties that were not represented in those debates. They had the, the third-party debates on, I, I think it might have been on CNN. I don't remember. 
I have a, I have I actually recorded it myself here. You know, they had they had the the Constitution Party, the Justice Party, the Green Party, and another party. I forgot what it was called. But those debates were way better. They talked about real issues like NDAA, stopping the war, um, and and fixing the economy, bettering the foreign policy. You know, bring bring you know bringing the troops home. Things like real real issues. And, 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 you know, the Democrats and Republicans are not about any of that. They, they need to keep that, that, the, that military uh, the complex, um, you know, the military-industrial complex going. You know, the business of war is big money. It's big money. We can't be talking about stopping this war. What? Are you insane? No, we can't talk about that. This, this sure. the, what, third? No, there, there's no, there are no third parties. We only have two. You know, it's, it's it, at times... It, you gotta. It's just like this guy said. You gotta laugh to keep from crying, man. Yeah, this is this is some some heavy shit that we're that we're telling people. You know, to tell someone something, it's like you know, beware the the bearer of bad news, and bad news is essentially the truth. And I, I was like, well, how can you make it a little lighter, a little less more like in your face, like an impact? where when you tell somebody and they're like, you know, the room spins on them, they're like, oh, my God, you know, because mm-hmm. people just don't want to accept this. You know, I know we can do it, but I think we just need more players on our team, too, you know? Right. We just, we oh, well, just got to just keep talking to people one by one, you know? You touch one person, like Griff said, you touch one, you touch all. Right. It's like, in, it's, that was cool, man. You want to talk about that real quick? Meet, meeting Professor Griff at the, the, the that, this is the event that N.A. Poe and uh, Mike Salvi hosted in Elizabeth, New Jersey. The Sleep No More. We, uh, Steve and I, and a, a couple of other members of uh, the groups that that we're affiliated with, got to meet and hang out with Professor Griff for a while. Um, and you guys, you guys got to interview him, right? Yeah. No. Yeah, we did. He's he's real down to earth. He's a real cool dude. Like, like, like. A normal person, you know, he talks to you like a normal person. He ain't got like this arrogance about him. He's, you know, and he says some real deep shit too. He does, man. Especially concerning hip hop. Yeah. Especially concerning hip hop, it was very interesting stuff. Some stuff was out there, but maybe it's just because it's new to me. I mean, you know, I, we're not going to agree on everything. Even me and you, we're not going to agree on everything. Yeah. But I'll li- I'll hear what you're saying though. I'll listen to what you have to say, and look into it myself. And, you know, I, I wish his set was a little bit longer. I think they were running long on time during that event. Yeah. And they couldn't, yeah, he couldn't finish what he was saying. But it, he had some really good ideas, man. He started like two hours late. Yeah, man. That was, you ever get around to reading that book? I read the first chapter. Yeah. That was actually in the middle of moving. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's inter- like I said, it's, it's interesting. But it's, uh, the, the beginning really doesn't, it just pretty much just tells you about Professor Griff. And I already know about him from, from, uh, you know, public enemy days. So, but it's uh, it's a pretty big book too. And um, yeah, it is. Yeah, but no, you you know, it's again the same thing Paul said, and you know, like you're saying right now, reaching out, linking up, and becoming this network of of friends and family, um, is is important. And this is what ties it together because we're all going towards the same goals. We all want the same thing. And I don't know how Poe plans on getting, you know, the far left and the far right to be together, but good luck. 
you know, good luck with that, Paul. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, like I said, you got my support, you got Steve's support, you got our support. And uh, once again, that's thepanichour.com. You can check it out on on Facebook also. And um, yeah, with that being said, I think we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and wrap up the show. Steve, you got any? Uh, you wanna you wanna you know give a shout out to your friends. We are Change Connecticut, and any activities you're gonna be having coming up soon? Uh, yeah, man. You know what we're doing this weekend. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah. Well, go ahead, let everybody know, man. We're we're all oh. heading out. We're taking a road trip. Yeah. Uh. Ah, oh, I'm drawing a blank on where it is. Fort something, Fort, and it's in Maryland. Bradley um, Manning. Yeah, the Bradley Manning event. Fort Mead, I think. Is that what it was? Yeah, yeah Fort Mead in uh, Maryland. Anybody listening, uh, definitely, if you can make it, if you're from Maryland, go check it out. Um, this Saturday, I think, from 1 to 3. And uh, people are going to be rallying out there um, in support of Bradley Manning. I think he's been in jail for, uh, what was it, four years? With, yeah. uh, and since he uh, was arrested, so and then there's also March, and there's going to be speakers as well. And, and uh, go ahead, go ahead and plug the YouTube channel too. I know you got a lot of good videos out there. Yeah, it's uh, what is it? YouTube forward slash We Are Change CT. Awesome, man. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, you guys got to do you have a dot com also? Do you have a We Are Change CT dot com? Uh, we Are Change CT dot org. Dot org. We're an organization. Right. <laughs> Damn right. All right, let's let's close this shit up. All right, for everyone out there in Radio Land, I'd like to thank N.A. Poe, Eric. Uh, wish you could have made it on, on the show today, but we're we're, we're you know we're giving you love here from the radio show. Steve, thanks for coming on to the show once again and co-hosting with me. Um, like I said before, for everyone that's listening to the show now, I'm not going to be the only host. You know, sometimes I won't be here. Sometimes Eric will be here. Sometimes even Steve will be there. Maybe Gabriel Brown will be there. You know, the, the host starting to change a bit. So, um, you know, GorillaActivismRadio.com. Check it out. Share it out. N.A. Poe, thanks a lot for coming out. And have a good night. Steve. front of the cameras, we all hate each other. Behind the scenes, it's a business. Every day we're going into a revolution. We're in the revolution. Now the question is, who's going to win it? Let them do. They know just how much latitude their department gives them on abusing citizens. They do it because they know they can. They do it because they know, they know they will get away with it.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.